0: Nation. I'm Brandon Adams. Welcome to Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We're live here in the media room, the team headquarters hotel, or I should say the uh, national championship game headquarters hotel. We are bleary. I slept maybe 90 minutes. Uh, just heard a press conference with uh, Kirby Smart. And Stetson Bennett and Lewis Seen, I'm happy to have uh, Connor Riley here with me there as well. We'll do a very short version of our first and 15. We'll kind of get going on all the platforms there as well. This show's going to be a total mess. I can go ahead and tell you that all the way around. But uh, smiles all around as Georgia celebrates a national championship. You know, Connor, I don't even hardly know where to begin with all this. So let's just kind of work backwards here for a moment. Uh, We just heard for the final time in Indianapolis from Kirby and Lewis and Stetson. And, you know, I found myself probably gravitating towards the things that Stetson Bennett said a moment ago, maybe more than anything else. And I know for a lot of the folks, they haven't had a chance to hear this yet. It'll be up on the side. You'll read stories with these quotes, uh, you know, over the course of the next uh, couple of days here. But the thing I keep thinking about is, is that, you know, what we do, and, you know, you're a writer, I, I write a lot less, but, you know, it's taking the things that the players and coaches say and you add context to it. You know, you do that with quotes within a story. I do that by – a lot of times playing a lot of audio clips on the show and here's what the guy said and here's what it means. I really find myself kind of coming back to the fact that with Stetson Bennett, there's no context needed. His words come through context already, you know, fully in place here and you know, he tells the story about uh, how he you know cried his eyes out when Georgia lost Alabama in two thousand twelve and that 's just in the midst of talking about you know kind of what this moment means for him you know as someone who like me who has just lived and dreamed of a Georgia national championship for as long as I have, you know the quarterback of the team that led them to that younger than me, but sort of a couple decades behind me, kind of living and dreaming it the same way, I don't know. That makes it even more special for me.
1: Yeah, I think Louis Seen spoke for everyone today when he said, yeah, I feel like I got hit by a train when I woke up this morning. I mean, with the way he played last night, they all probably felt like they got hit by a train. Um, I brought some confetti from the stadium last night, and I put it in a bottle, bottle up last night and treasure it what it means going forward obviously you see Stetson crying on the field almost immediately after last night's game everything that this team has gone through the losses to Alabama and I I find it incredibly fitting that this Georgia team as great as they were all season in my opinion they played their best quarter in the final quarter of the season they scored 24th quarter points in the last six games against Alabama Georgia scored 14 points combined in the fourth quarter, uh, this team exercised a lot of demons last night, and you know for it to be Stetson Bennett to be the guy to do it, it, it feels so storybook. A walk, a former walk-on who leaves, comes back on scholarship as a fourth-string quarterback to start the 2020 season, ends up being a starter, struggles against Alabama, gets benched after the Florida game, is an, is more than an afterthought this year, and then he comes in, he starts a dozen games. Wins Orange Bowl MVP, wins the MVP of the national championship game. Wasn't always perfect last night, but two fourth-quarter touchdown passes was absolutely nails when Georgia needed them to be. And like, it's still, you know, I say bottle it up. It still doesn't hardly feel real that Georgia actually went out and did this.
0: By the way, you go to dognation.com right now at the top of the page about the Dog National Champions logo. That looks so good to be able to see. We're going to tell you over the course of our show about a lot of the ways in which you have a chance to celebrate this with some really cool gear, some really cool uh, souvenirs to celebrate what was the National Championship. We're going to be on all our other platforms here in just a moment we'll get a chance to let folks kind of weigh in it's going to be really casual today we're going to take your comments we're obviously all really really tired we're going to take your comments and we're just going to kind of look back on what was and you mentioned the you know obviously the the unfortunate moment where you know Georgia you know has the fumble turns into a touchdown for Alabama seemed like it was a bad call and there's a part of me and I hate to be this way but I think you know for a lot of us it was just that kind of you know here you here we go again and not just you know here we go again with Stetson but but here we go again with with Georgia football this just seemed like the kind of way that we had you know kind of come to expect to see Georgia you know lose games like this and yet as so many of our commenters said last night when when the, the adversity struck, when that when that you know bad play happens, you know Georgia gets back up off the deck. There, Stetson Bennett himself gets back up off the deck. Leads Georgia on a couple of stro- uh, scoring drives. Makes some big throws. Certainly the one to A.D. Mitchell as big a throw as he's ever made, and a beautiful catch by Mitchell to haul that in. Uh, the way in which Georgia played after what kind of felt like a familiar moment for Georgia against alabama i mean that really is the story of the whole thing there
1: i mean i'll even go back before that fumble where alabama is driving down the field you know brian robinson really for the only time all night alabama was able to run the football effectively georgia somehow gets a stop they get a huge break by a jay hall not catching a beautifully thrown ball by bryce young and then georgia from there just sort of made their own luck jalen carter blocks a field goal James Cook, the very next player, rips off a 67-yard run. Zamir White scores a touchdown, gives Georgia the lead. They respond as well as you would want to from what was just one of the strangest calls I think I've ever seen in a college football game in that big of a spot. After that, after they give up the touchdown there, Nolan Smith makes a huge stop on the two-point conversion to keep it a five-point game. Georgia goes touchdown, Alabama three and out, touchdown pick six to end the game. It is a perfect response from a veteran team. I have a story up on Dog Nation sort of about the the seniors and the guys that came back because a lot of these guys, Jamari Sawyer, Jordan Davis, Zamir White, James Cook, all could have gone pro after last season, and they elected to come back. And getting to know these guys and talk with them, it's really cool for that decision to be validated and for all the hard work and sacrifices that they have made, both in the offseason but even within the confines of this team. You think Jordan Davis giving up pass-rushing snaps to Jalen Carter, Zamir White and James Cook balancing out carries, Jamari Sawyer in a national championship game, moving from left tackle to right guard, which I think really helped open things up for Georgia on the yeah. ground game. Yeah. All those sacrifices bore out last night, and it paid off for Georgia. The more veteran team last night going into it made the biggest plays when they needed to.
0: So last night we had the post-game show. It was crazy. I almost got arrested because all these Georgia fans would not leave the stadium because they're all gathered around the camera where we're doing the show. Um, But in the midst of uh, of that conversation there at that time, I mean – you're so in the moment, and, and you're so elated, and you're just kind of spitting off these moments that kind of happen in the game, and you kind of remember things and not always the most chronological order, at least I do. I've never been kind of an orderly thinker the way that some people are. So kind of what Connor touched on there is something I really want today's show to be about. You know, it's kind of the morning after. We're still obviously, you know, some of us literally hungover, some of us figuratively hungover, but, but uh, still kind of very much in that moment. I don't want a name to go unsaid here today. I want to make sure we just go through the roll call of everybody who does deserve the credit. And you touched on one of the real coaching decisions that was made last night. Georgia felt like it needed that spark from the offensive line change, and you do that, and you can't do that if Broderick Jones is not ready. If Broderick Jones is not ready and biding his time, and you know he got a chance to play some, but for the most part, you know left tackle's is really important position, and you kind of want you know your best guy over there, and that's what. Marsauer had been but at a time last night where they felt like they could move Sauer to a different position because they needed him over there they trusted Brock uh, you know Broderick Jones kind of come in there and step in that spot and listen Alabama's got a good pass rush and <laughs> you know Broderick you know took some of that head on and uh, you know had some good moments maybe some uh, you know not so great moments whatever else but the fact of the matter is that's one of those big in-game coaching decisions that leads this national championship. So I want to make sure that we kind of highlight all of that. And a lot of this is on the defensive side there as well. There are so many names that we can mention. But, like, one of the things you just kind of keep coming back to is, is that a guy like Nolan Smith in the second half of the season from, you know, kind of like, what, game 7-8 on – you know, played at that true five-star level. And I would say last night was, you know, certainly an example of that. You know, I think Trayvon Walker gave Georgia a big lift there as well. And just on and on you could go. You know, Louis Cena obviously gets honored as player of the game, but you could have made a big case that Christopher Smith could have been a part of that conversation yeah. there too. Clearly, Ke- Keely Ringo, I mean, how many how many oil paintings is Keely Ringo going to be in uh, moving forward here just so many uh names to mention and if we don't do anything else right today let's just make sure that um everybody who deserves even a little bit of credit for how this national championship plays out let's make sure we give it to them
1: yeah you know i don't know how many people understand how tough of a 2020 keely ringo had before his first camp has to have surgery on his labrum can't play at all has football taken away from him for four five six months and really sets him back his mom gets breast cancer Comes in this year, isn't a starter to start the season. They go with Amir Speed, and actually last night in the stadium, Speed was announced as the starting cornerback, and a lot of people were like, oh, so is this the adjustment Georgia made? Ringo was the first guy out there. Early on, Keeley got beat by just a really good pass and route by Bryce Young and Cameron Latu, and Latu, on most guys, would have scored a touchdown there. But Ringo hustles downfield after getting beat, drags Latu down, ends up... Alabama has to kick a field goal there because Georgia's red zone defense was outstanding. Uh, Five field goal attempts for Alabama. I I can't remember the last time except for the 2011 national title game that they won, that Alabama had to go out there and do that. Uh, Nolan Smith, a a guy who I kind of wish we would have gotten a chance to hear from last night, but a, a vocal leader. I've written about him, one of my favorite players on this team. I find it very cool that for him being a Georgia guy, a guy who made it very public that he came here to win a national championship and sort of, take some of that away from Alabama, he ends the game with a sack. And while you know Georgia didn't get to 50 sacks like we had sort of talked about, the pass rush and the pressure was there all night, and Bryce Young was made as uncomfortable as he could be in that game. It was a master class effort from this Georgia defense uh, that, you know, I don't know whether they're going to get canonized and rank all time, but th- this is pretty clearly the best Georgia defense of all time.
0: Yeah, I think it is, and I think if you want to make a strong case that – um That it is a historic defense for college football. I don't think the case to do that is particularly difficult. And here's the thing, you know, as of now, my mind just sort of fixated on the fact that Georgia won and who Georgia beat. I think I'll get more into that probably in the days to come. But one of the things that was definitely not lost on me last night was is that and I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk trash like that, but Nick Saban said you couldn't win this way anymore. Nick Saban said that you couldn't win a championship with defense and, and running the football, and obviously Georgia, I and mean, the smart eras, had teams that run the football better than uh, than this, you know, Georgia team did for the entirety of this year, but they absolutely got the tough hard yards late last night when they needed to. Uh, you made the comparison to the press box. Amir White, the way that he ran uh, late in this game, so reminiscent of the way that he ran at the beginning of the season in that uh, game against Clemson, they in Charlotte but running the football playing defense you know really establishing that way that's one of the reasons why this defense I think has a chance to be mentioned you know historically among the very best is because in a Era in which college football is totally defined by an offensive revolution that's taking over the sport. And it seems like you know more and more numbers you know being put up each and every year. Uh, Georgia reversed that trend, or at least a little bit, or at least checked that trend a little bit here this year. And that's one of the reasons why I think there's a little bit of a of a historic nature to what Georgia did defensively.
1: How's this for some symmetry? Georgia's first touchdown of the year was a pick six. Its last touchdown of the year was a pick six. The last touchdown scored in college football this year. Was scored by the Georgia football defense. I find that to be incredibly fitting, and really, I think it's a perfect exclamation point on what was this season. The Georgia, in my opinion, the Georgia defense dominated this season. They fought through some adversity when Bryce Young was incredible, and 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 look, Bryce Young had two interceptions last night. Losing Jamison Williams hurt there. I would say to any Alabama fan that is making this about injuries, just tell just tell them Colt McCoy. Just sure. say Colt McCoy until they they leave you alone. Um, but for this Georgia team to win this way, for Stetson Bennett to throw two fourth-quarter touchdown passes, for Zamir White to pick up those hard-earned yards late in this game, for Zamir Cook to make the, the 67-yard run that he had when he did it. Uh, it's everything that they've worked for, and I'll be honest here, it's really, really cool to see it pay off in the manner that it did for this team.
0: No, that's exactly right. One more point I want to make, and then I want to tell you about some cool stuff that's uh, upcoming here that we have an opportunity for you if you want to be able to really celebrate this national championship in style there's a weird contrast that I keep coming back to with all of this. And if you ask the average person who knows college football, what's the one thing they have known in recent years about, uh, about the sport, it's that, well, Kirby Smart collects all these five-stars. It's five-star you. It's, it, it, you know, there's five stars, one or right after the other. It's Kirby Smart's recruiting prowess. And yet, how many non, what you think of as elite recruits, were all over the the story of this game last night you know what Jordan Davis has been for the Georgia defense it's been well chronicled now the way that he you know rose up after having been a three-star uh you know recruiting the defense side of the ball obviously we know about Stetson Bennett but the catch that A.D. Mitchell makes I mean that's on the list of touchdowns in Georgia football history that are better than A.D. Mitchell's touchdown catch right there it's about that long and I'm putting my fingers together so close that they're touching. And yet that's a guy that also has a very non-traditional recruiting story. Uh, it's just really strange that, that for all the five stars, and this is, you know, measurably as – talented teams you know certainly the two most talented teams in the country were on the field last night and you know georgia has a historic level of talent being collected in the program and yet it's also guys who don't quite have that same pedigree who step up and become you know part of the national championship story for georgia which i think is really amazing
1: the guys who scored georgia's last two offensive touchdowns last night Donnie mitchell brock bowers both were freshmen both played zero high school snaps last year. They did not get a chance to play. You know, Adane is as well chronicled. Brock is as well coming from California. Zero high school snaps. Those guys come in, make immediate impacts in this Georgia passing game. Uh, just a really incredible team win last night for Georgia. It was not a perfect game, but when this team absolutely needed to make plays there in the second half, you know, I was talking with my roommate at 5 a.m. this morning as he is flying out of St. Louis. Georgia, did, Georgia played like a C game for the first two and a half quarters. Uh, they were frantic. You know, I thought the defense played really well, but but from an offensive standpoint, it, it was not a well-played game. And then things just sort of clicked, and they were able to run the ball, and that seemed to sort of open everything up. And the touchdown pass from Stetson to Adonai Mitchell, it's, it's kind of perfect because – there was no, you know, Alabama jumps off sides there and it's a free play and Stetson has no consequences. You know, he throws an interception, it's five yards for Georgia. And he just puts up what what will go down, in my opinion, as the best pass he throws in a Georgia uniform. And it, 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 it turned the game and really was the a huge response after, you know, and you touched on this earlier, everyone felt you have that call go against you. Alabama finally gets in the in the end zone and it felt like the game was slipping away and they come right down pass to Jermaine Burton Burton draws a pass interference penalty they actually get sacked it was second 18 when he made that throw not quite second and 26 but i think if you're a georgia fan you'll take it there and that play will certainly go down as one of the more memorable ones from last night so we're just
0: kind of casual here today we're just kind of recapping everything that happened it's Dog Nation Daily we're going to take a lot of your comments here coming up in a moment i also want to tell you about a really cool thing that's coming up i'm going to step off camera for one second to do this so Last night, you saw these on the field. These are the AJC, uh, Atlanta Journal, Constitution, and Dog Nation teams up for the field editions here. Uh, I bet I got a cosset last night because I gave a bunch of these away. Uh, Honestly, like somebody asked me the other day, hey, what is the one thing you want for the national championship? Now, I got a whole bunch of confetti myself, but this thing has always been my favorite. I love to get these framed. I've got the Rose Bowl framed, the the one that was from on the field there that night, and and this is the one. I mean, it says number one right here, and uh, I just love this. Even if I didn't work for this company, I I would love this thing. For some reason, I've just always loved the field editions. Well, the special field edition, there's also a special street edition there as well, and... Believe it or not, um, there's also going to be a really great book from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution as well that looks back and chronicles this national championship season. And there are a couple of different ways for you to get this stuff right now. So I want to make sure you're aware of all of this. First of all, if you just want to kind of – you know, see everything that's out there and available for you. The field edition, the street edition, the upcoming book from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. It's ajc.com slash dogs news. Of course, uh, dogs spelled the way it's supposed to be, D A W G S. Um, dogs news, ajc.com slash dogs news. Now, there's also this, and I'm sorry for reading y'all, but I want to make sure I give you the, uh, official particulars on, on all of this. So you can obviously buy there at the, uh, website, but there's also a chance, um, there's a, a plant there in uh, the AJC plant there in Norcross. You can actually drive to that today. This was the kind of thing that happened when, uh, when the Braves won the World Series. These same kind of field editions were incredibly popular. You could not buy them. They were, um, they were just scarfed up all over the place. A lot of you remember that. They were you know, being sold on eBay and things like that. Um, if you go to AJC.com slash dogsnews, you can find out more details about the plant in Norcross. That's just the facility where these are printed, and they're actually going to sell those in person. It was a really fun thing. I, I know um, uh, the, most of the time they were being sold at the time I was doing the show, but some of our Dog Nation colleagues, including our buddy our buddy BJ Sweeney, went out and helped sell those there that day. So it's a very uh, good chance to just drive up. Friendly person going to kind of sell you one of those. So if you want to get your hands on about as cool a piece of very simple, just just perfect that tells the story forever suitable for framing as they say on tv um go to ajc.com slash dogs news find out how you can drive over and pick one up from the norcross plant here today or if you want to order one uh the field edition the street edition all that you're able to do that as uh we just uh look forward to just celebrating this national championship here obviously leaving from indianapolis today what's it going to be like? First of all, Kirby Smart was so funny a moment ago talking about the video that he saw from Athens. I saw some of this there as well. It was pandemonium in the streets of Athens last night. Really, obviously, you want to be an indie for the game, but if you could have blinked your eyes and been in Athens last night when that clock hit zero, so the celebration that went on there, that would was certainly the place to be, and it's going to be that way for the next few days there as well. I'm looking forward to being in Athens some myself this week, including on Saturday for the big parade. Don't you know, Dog Nation is going to be all over that. I mean... What are these next few days going to be like?
1: Hot take. I'd have rather have been in Athens than Indianapolis last night uh, because I, I think what makes college football so special. It's not the games. It's not the brand of football, but it's the people. It's the emotional connections you make with people. Whether it be you know, so many out there you grew up watching with your mom or your dad, or you know, I'm fortunate enough to go there and have so many lifelong friends at Georgia and and getting to see them celebrate and react last night. It's really cool. And it's those emotional connections with college football. And and I think a lot of people here, myself, yourself included, have a very special tie to the city of Athens and what this team means to them, what these next couple of days are going to be like. If there's a a sip of alcohol still, still available on Sunday morning, I will be floored. Uh... It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be an incredible party, and it's well earned for a long-suffering fan base that, you know, so often has come up so short. And I'm going to have a story on this. You know, it it doesn't get better than winning a national championship. That's obvious, but it, it does say something that they were able to go out there and do this against Alabama. And not only do you end the 1980 jokes, but you you finally have proof of concept that you can go toe to toe against an Alabama team and beat them. And so you know it doesn't make it any more special it doesn't get any more special than a national championship but you know as you get further and further away from this it'll be nice to look back and say well we don't have that monkey on our back either anymore so to
0: tell you a couple things about being here in indianapolis then we're going to take a lot of your comments on facebook and youtube and dognation.com we're going to let you help us get through this thing here today because let me tell you something i am running on a pretty low tank here right now um I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with the press box. I've joked about this before, about the coastal elites and the press box, things like that. Um, You know, I was so stressed out and so worried about, hey, if Georgia's going to win, where do I want to be? Can I get on the field? Uh, Can I get down there at the lower bowl where a lot of the Georgia fans were? And I just kind of realized, hey, the game is too in doubt. It would be one thing if Georgia's up 40 to nothing. Then you could just kind of plan where you wanted to be. Um, but the game was too in doubt. You sort of had the impression that, that this was going to go pretty late before you knew how the game was going to be decided. So I thought, I got to keep this simple. I got to keep this safe. Let me just stay here in the press box and watch the result of the game, even though it's not the, quite the same emotional experience that it would be to be down on the field or to be in the stands. Uh, it's going to take time to get down there. I'm going to miss something important in this game. So let me not run the risk of that. So I stayed in the press box. So being in the press box, here's the one, one of the reasons why as someone who just loves the sport and, you know, likes being a fan of the sport, this is one of the things that I don't always love about press boxes is there's especially these NFL stadiums, the press box is completely enclosed by glass. It's not open air the way it would be at, say, Sanford Stadium. And so a lot of the atmosphere of the game you kind of lose because for someone like me who prefers the atmosphere of the game, the glass just kind of blocks it all off. Yet there were two moments last night where very high in the air press box, i mean, really at the, at the, at the roof of the stadium with the glass enclosure where absolutely the thunderous roars of UGA fans totally penetrated that glass. when Zamir- scored the touchdown after the long james cook run and after georgia had just been trying to get in the end zone all night long when he finally crossed the goal line got in the end zone the noise that erupted from that was just so deafening it came right through the glass it was as if you were in the stadium lower amongst the rest of fans that's how loud that was and then the other one was after Georgia took the lead, again, coming back off the uh, Stetson fumble, when you get the A.D. Mitchell touchdown there, when Georgia went back on defense and everybody in that crowd had the sense that it is time now to put this thing on lock and go out and win a national championship, like, that's why I love being in Indianapolis. That's why, and I hope the TV, for those that are watching on TV, I hope the TV broadcast kind of translated what happened in that stadium when, Georgia fans in unison, in mass, realized, "Hey, whatever adversity was an issue five minutes ago, this team has now responded." And you know, I kind of alluded to the "hunker down one more time" thing from Larry Munson, and that was the 2022 version of hunkering it down one more time. And being in the stadium in those two moments in particular, in a game filled with moments, finally getting across the end zones, Miriam White scoring that touchdown, going on defense after the AD Mitchell score, those are the things from that. In stadium moment that I'll never forget.
1: Yeah, with where we were positioned in the press box, we were basically like perpendicular to where Keely Ringo was on the field when he made the interception. And you're you're looking as the play develops, and you see, wow, he's he's tracking that ball really well. Yeah, he, right. it, it, there's no one around him. This is about as clean of an interception yeah. as you're gonna have. And it felt like the ball was hanging in the air for about a solid five seconds and and time was moving slowly. And I mean, I'll say it. I I may have said louder than I intended to get down, get down, because, you know, you're you're, you're thinking about it in that moment. And, you know, Alabama has three timeouts, but a first down wins you the game. But, you know, Keeley kept going. Great job blocking there. Go back and watch that play again. Dan Jackson put his body on the line and just got absolutely obliterated. And I'm sure –
0: Shout out to the North Hall Trojans, by the <laughs> way. My, my folks up there in Hall County, they love Dan Jackson, and I, uh, I love them too. So all you folks up there in Hall County, this one's for y'all.
1: And I'm sure he doesn't care at all that he got obliterated because that's an incredible play and an incredible moment for Georgia. And, you know, there were people crying in the press box. I know you're not supposed to cheer. I don't know if there's anything in there about crying. I know BA and I turned to someone at some point and said, hey – like, please stop talking. I don't want you to jinx this. Uh, that person shall remain nameless. But uh, it, it was really cool. You know, as an alum, as someone who has a lot of friends that really care and love this program and this school, and I consider myself someone who loves the school of Georgia, uh, it's really There's cool.
0: There's a school? <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding, y'all. I'm playing.
1: Some of us come here to play school. It, it's really cool to to see everyone and I'm sure the commoners all are, are the same to get to celebrate this, to finally have this happen. Uh, you know, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, a New England Patriots fan. When they were winning, you know, in my childhood, I didn't have the proper context of how long they had really been suffering. But for Georgia to get this close time and time again, and to finally just come through and, and and win, it it makes last night all the more special. And obviously, you know, Kirby Smart said this, and I agree. It doesn't make up for the heartbreak of twenty, 20 second and twenty six. Nothing ever will, but it just you feel like a different person this morning with, with all that you have going ahead. And again, they're going to have a ton of turnover off this team. It's going to look very different next year. Having said that, they're still going to be favored in every game they play in. And you know, I don't know if the, I don't think they're going to win a national championship next year because that Alabama team is going to be loaded in a Hornets nest. But Georgia's going to defend this national title and. They're going to be a, a force in college football for years to come. I said before, regardless of what happens in the national championship game, Georgia has proof of concept. Now no one can go out there and question that what Kirby Smart is doing.
0: A little bot Alexis on YouTube says that the way I described it last uh, night and this morning uh, you know, kind of caused uh, her, her to be emotional. I'll tell you this is that um, – like I was fine in terms of like handling the emotion of it um you know I I just kind of processing right like I'm the kind of person that in a situation like that I kind of like to just immerse myself in the situation and watch all the emotion that's happening around me I I like to kind of soak that up and so that's kind of what I was doing but um my family couldn't be here my my wife my kids were at home they had a bunch of folks from our neighborhood and my mom and some folks like that came over to watch the game and so I wanted to rush over and call my wife because you know, listen. You know, she has been with me through so many of these things uh, where, you know, it's like if Georgia loses the game, it's obviously hard on me because i I don't like it when Georgia loses, but it's also really hard at work. Like, like I have a very bad day at work when Georgia loses a game and I come home and I'm, you know, just tired. I don't, I'm just bad mood. And so she has been there through all of that. And so in addition to the fact that, you know, she's a Georgia fan herself and so happy to see UGA win, she has also endured a lot of this uh, with me over the years. And my kids now have gone on to be Georgia fans much the same way I was a big Georgia fan when I was a kid. So when I, uh, when I called, um, you know, at home last night, and you hear the cheers coming on the other side of that, you know, that's the part for me where I got emotional because it's obviously the way in which, you know, this gets passed down from generations, right? Like, like I went to my first Georgia games, you know, I mean, like, you know, with my grandfather, you know, we started going regularly like mid-80s. And then, you know, my dad was obviously a, a big part of that for me there as well. And now we're sharing that, my wife and I, with, with with our own kids. And I truly believe that the experience of being a Georgia fan would be no less special if Georgia never won the national championship. Because, because the thing that sports does is it makes it easier to connect with people. Like, you know, ultimately that's all, I don't mean to be philosophical, but that's all life really is. It's a chance to connect with people. And sports is just an, an easy excuse to do that. Um, so, you know, the relationships you have are no less valuable if, if you're rallying around a team that doesn't win the national championship, man, it sure sure does feel fun to get that, it sure does feel fun to celebrate that, and to see that level of elation and happiness. So that's where my uh, emotion mm-hmm. comes from. And even thinking about it right now, obviously, you have that yeah. same you have that same feeling around that. Is and, and you know you're the same way. You, you know, we're separated. I don't, wouldn't say we're separated by a full generation, but you are. You know, what couple decades younger than me. Yeah. So I mean, for you, it's really a lot more about like friends and things like that. Yeah. But the bond that you have with these friends is, is just as deep too. I mean, it really is. You know, the, the the joke has always been, you know, the friends you make along the way, but that really is kind of part of it.
1: Uh, I I will tell you this. uh, I have to get a tattoo now. Wow. I told my freshman year roommate, who Nathan Puckett, I am great friends with, has been a huge influence on my life. Uh, I texted him on Thanksgiving, hey, if Georgia wins a national championship, we're getting 954 tattoos. That was our freshman year dorm room. And yeah, I'm going to go get a tattoo at some point. Um, You know, I, I think you touched on it perfectly. It's the emotional ties that make college football so special. And You know, a lot of people out there have someone who unfortunately didn't get a chance to see last night, and, you know, that makes it hard, and it also, in a weird way, you know they were down there, up there, watching and and, and seeing it unfold, and, you know, they're calling the dogs in heaven, and they're still doing it, and... You know, that's what makes last night, it was going to make really this whole season so special. That's exactly
0: right. No, I think mean, that's really well said. So it's our Dog Nation Daily. We're live here, uh, media room in the uh, headquarters hotel in Indianapolis. Let me give a shout out to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. I know Jay and the whole team over there. Yeah, they have been with us through so much. They're proud partners of UGA. They've been with the dogs for such a long time, and I can only imagine how happy they are right now to – to be celebrating that national championship. You've heard me talk about ESOG a lot. It feels so good to be talking about them today on the heels of a, a national championship there. So check them out for your foundation, your waterproofing needs. You see evidence of that. Water creeps in. You, know, you see those cracks in your walls. 2022 needs to be the year you get that scene about. And, and, and really do something about that. So phone number very easy to dial. 678-ESOG now. 678-ESOG now. In fact, I bet you, I bet you call right now. I bet they're uh, celebrating that national championship even as we speak. So uh, they love the dogs. Uh, thankfully, they uh, also love us here at Dog Nation Daily, and you better believe we love them back in a big way. We don't get to do what we do traveling to a spot like this and deliver this show to you the way we are right now, if not for our great partnerships. And Engineered Solutions of Georgia is definitely a prominent name on that list for us, as they are for the dogs themselves. So uh, check out Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Call Jay and the whole team over there, 678-ESOG-NOW. That's 678-ESOG-NOW for your foundation, your waterproofing issues. So I'm going to try to get over here and uh, see some comments on Facebook. Always a little bit of an adventure pulling this up on Facebook. Let's see if we can you know, get this up and go. We'll take some of your comments here. Uh, and just we're just going to be casual. As I said before, the, the main thing I want to do today is... Just try to give everybody who needs to get some credit for this, try to give them all some credit, and obviously we're going to have a a great time. And you can talk about what it means to you. It was was fun last night just pulling those Georgia fans on camera. By the way, shout-out to a bunch of drunk, obnoxious Georgia fans. Uh, I don't think anybody curse i mean at least not a curse word you can't say you know in in, in polite company like i was actually somewhat amazed so last night connor i'm pulling all these fans over and i I, I bring them in and say hey you're live on video uh tell us what a national championship means to you and please don't curse uh and every single one of them kind of obliged that and i mean for a while there it was touch and go around that because i was giving out those field editions. uh i gave out probably 100 or so i gave those out everybody's kind of gathered around me it's one of those things where like. I like the chaos of a moment like that because it's obviously befitting of a national championship but it's another thing of I don't have like a team of bouncers like protecting me or the cam or anything like that like had this thing spilled out of control last night a I was going to take the blame because the security was already mad as fire at me for uh, stirring all these people up. Because what you couldn't see is you got people behind me, but um, just behind the camera, which is outside your field of vision, there's the elevated seats, the next level up, and all the people were coming down there to the front. So they're shouting at me, uh, you know, they're they're, they're doing all this kind of stuff. And it's one of those things of like, if it stays just like this, this is really good video. If these people get any wilder than this, I'm going to have to grab the equipment and run for my life here. But thankfully, that didn't really quite work out that way so uh the point is we had a great time last night we're continuing that here today a little hungover a little blurry eyed uh but nonetheless uh trying to make our way through it and so we're gonna take a bunch of your comments and, and just for the most part we're just gonna try to make sure we give all the credit that's due uh i had a chance to be a part of this press conference a few moments ago and uh what a moment that was to hear from kirby smart to hear from uh uh
1: Bennett, Lewis scene. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool, and obviously, you know, we're going to find out how this 2022 team takes shape in the coming days. I will say, you mentioned no one cursing last night. I was a little disappointed, I mean, by the you know, your coastal elite national media who didn't understand when Kirby Smart came on post-game and said, there's going to be some property destroyed in Indianapolis tonight, like, Is he like inciting an insurrection? And obviously, it was a very obvious callback to Larry Munson. And and credit to Reese Davis. I mean, Reese
0: is a college football fan. He's an Alabama grad. I don't hold that against him. I'm just saying he's an SEC guy. He knows the history of this league. So, Reese, when Kirby said, you know, it can be property destroyed tonight, Reese, a kind of sort of removing Kirby from liability by explaining (laughs) this as a callback to uh, Larry Munson, but also kind of giving the historical context. Obviously, the bowtie brigade in the uh, press box is not going to quite know that as well.
1: Yeah, so, uh, again, and, you know, I'll touch on that there. You know, Kirby is someone who it it is really cool that he's an alum of this this program – uh, of this school and for him to be the coach that leads Georgia to its first national title since 1980, he's talked about, and we're going to hopefully get a story up on this at some point about Vince Dooley. He thanked Mark Rick today in both the development of him and also where Rick got this program, uh, you know, pulling it up from where it was in the nineties. And, and, you know, Kirby touched, talked about Jim Donnan, who he played for, talked about Ray Goff, who recruit recruited him, you know, don't you know Kirby's been criticized for a lot and I know I've said my fair share of things about him don't lose sight of the accomplishment that he had in winning this national title for Georgia doing it his way with despite having five-star Jacob Eason high four-star Jake Fromm five-star Justin Fields five-star JT Daniels he won a national championship with a former walk-on as quarterback Uh, you know Kirby Smart didn't curse last night it felt a little bit like him winning that way it was maybe a middle finger to the sport and, and saying, hey, you know, you don't have to have a Joe Burrow, a Bryce Young to win. Sure, it helps and makes it easier. And I'm sure there are Georgia fans out there I'd be like, yeah, it'd be a lot less stressful. But for for Georgia to win with Stetson Bennett, zero interceptions in two playoff games, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, a great moment for Stetson. Great moment for Kirby Smart. Great moment for the University of Georgia.
0: So I apologize, but apparently we had a little bit of a microphone issue a moment ago when I was giving a shout-out to Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Let me do that right now. ES- ESOG, give them a call. 678-ESOG now. That's 678-ESOG now. Jay and the whole team over there. They love the dogs. They love supporting UGA. They have supported us here at Dog Nation Daily for a long time. We are so appreciative of them. Uh, Appreciative. Appreciative? Appreciative? What? Appreciative of them. Uh, They are just big friends of ours, big partners of ours. So give them a call, 678-ESOG now, for your foundation, your waterproofing uh, needs, and pick up that phone and dial them. I'm guessing they're celebrating that national championship there right now. So check them out. Engineered Solutions of Georgia. So happy to be talking about a national championship with them here today. All right uh tons of uh facebook comments gonna roll through here um let's just get so many of these chase and jesse oh so uh, so uh, uh chase uh, jesse barbie you know he says he's gonna tattoo of me uh, i don't know that i would necessarily advise that but uh that's what he says so he says that you you guys are gonna get your tattoos there together at the same time there
1: you go yeah uh, i can't recommend that i mean obviously BA has a beautiful face but i don't know if i'd want to put his face on my body
0: if, if you're going to get my face, at least get the now. Listen, after being here a little bit, I'm starting to get a little bit uh, puffy again. But um, but uh, at least get the thinner version of my face, not like the you know the fat version of my face. Hopefully, uh, but listen, that's that's fun uh, to be able to see Jennifer Caldwell Sperlin also laughing at the idea of you know Kirby Smart. Kind of you know, middle finger spiking the football in a way that you know, if, if you were going to, I mean, he won it his way. I mean, yep. I think one of our commenters said this before that uh, if Kirby Smart ever won a national championship, they're gonna have to play Frank Sinatra's my way in the stadium. Like, like he really did do it his way, and you know, sometimes it almost seems like he enjoys the kind of spitefulness of all this because obviously a lot of folks are happy to give him advice about what he should do. Maybe he does. Maybe he just doesn't really care. But clearly, he had a vision for what this. Team could be and how this program could operate. And you know, he came very close to doing it that way in 2017 and kind of got over the hump doing that here in 2022.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a testament to what he has built. You know, everyone will make the point about the five stars. The go ahead touchdown last night was caught by a three star wide receiver. The, the face of this Georgia program this year was Jordan Davis, who was a three star defensive tackle, who some people thought was going to be an offensive tackle coming out of high school. Uh, you know, obviously it helps when you have N'Kobe Deans and Nolan Smith flying around. But you think of a guy like, say, a Channing Tindall, who is outside the top 100 recruit, still a very good player, but it took really four years for him to morph into who he who he has become. And he was a game wrecker last night. He was everywhere, got George's first sack on the night. So it, it is a, a testament to a program that, yeah, sure, they're recruiting well. I think 19 five-stars, they've got another five, I think, or maybe six coming in, depending on where they finish in the final rankings. But they also do an incredible job of developing said talent. You know, you think of a guy like James Cook, who, seeing the physical transformation that James Cook has had. You know, you think of Zemir White, a guy who tore his ACL twice before he'd ever played a significant snap at Georgia, and really, you know, having kind of the perfect Zemir White game. You know, I think only like 65 rushing yards or something along the lines of that. But when Georgia absolutely needed him to, he was physical, he was moving the pile, and is someone who I think is going to have a very – Prominent NFL career, uh, James Cook, so many of these guys. They're going to have at least a dozen guys drafted. It could be as high as 15. And even with all that, this team, because of what Kirby has built, because of the way Kirby has built it, you know, there'll be a drop off next year, but this is still going to be one of the top five teams in the country.
0: How about Terry Dunaway saying, I put $200 in the dogs to win it all back in June. They just want me $1,990. Yeah, we talked about this last night. There are a lot of folks. Who you know they go to Vegas every year, right? And it's like that sentimental thing, or that just kind of tradition of Let, let me you know put a hundred dollars down on George win the national championship, and in a lot of cases that ends up being you know just a, a souvenir for the trip more so than anything else, because obviously it's been more than forty years. Um, but now there are a lot of folks who are going to be cashing tickets. That's that's that's, that's what's fun. It's like okay, now that the championship's won, there are a lot of folks. Like, what do I do with that ticket? Let me see if I can get mail that thing back in or, or whatever else. And so there are a lot of folks who are going to be cashing those tickets over there. Uh, and we also had Van burn in our Facebook comment section a moment ago. You know, just bringing up the the 1980 stuff, the fact that that's now over with. That's that's now done. And you know, Georgia fans have had to endure that conversation for a long time. And yeah i 've told you before that you know, a lot of these fans like like what is you know, a Tennessee fan who won a national title in 1998, for instance like that's a long time ago too. you know this idea that somehow they have you know way more to brag about than Georgia does because they won a national championship eighteen years later um, I, I never quite bought into that, but none of them can say any of that anymore, and that 's good for us who were fans of this team if I had to endure that, but y'all this is like the one thing that I would and I almost, if I could have asked a question in the press conference, I was actually going to ask Lewis about that. did anybody tell you? Uh, on the recruiting trail, don't go to Georgia because you can't win a national championship with Georgia because I, I know for a fact that some Georgia players have heard that. I don't know that Lewis himself did, but I know for a fact that some of them did and and, and have been. That's just the negative recruiting thing of, hey, you know, come here if you want to win a championship, especially a place like, say, Alabama and Clemson programs that have done that. I, I don't know what you do to negatively recruit against Georgia I- anymore because this is now the reigning national champion. So many guys get a chance to be a part of this story. Georgia's about to heavily populate the nfl draft you know good luck negative recruiting against georgia right now because they for the most part eliminated your opportunity on that
1: yeah one two most dominant programs in college football the last five years alabama and clemson pretty clearly georgia beat both of them this season uh that should not be lost in, in, in terms of talent and, and, and where they rank too you know who was on the field last night
0: uh tell me dan Mullen. Wow, yeah, that's right.
1: How do you think Florida fans feel today? Oh,
0: sure. I joked about this on Twitter last night. All those Florida fans said that Dan Mullen was going to get to a national championship game. I guess last night was was proof that maybe they really were right about all of that. Uh, more of your comments coming in. I guess this is also technically Around the Doghouse here, uh, presented today by Georgia's Own Credit Union. So uh, this will be kind of an impromptu doghouse. Um... Green Soldier says Stetson Bennett earned uh, this, and despite of the lack of faith, and despite uh, you know at times you know his own play. And listen, obviously he had some up and down moments over the course of the season. But as I try to say a lot during the year, I think he was frequently better than he was given credit for. And I really do think, for a lot of people, the way in which this game ends with the big moments for him, I think it's going to cause folks to go back and reconsider. The way that he was playing during the season, because one of the things that would come up a lot is when I would try to give him credit, when I would try to praise him for what he was doing, there was always the yeah but, yeah but he's not going to do that against Alabama, yeah but you know whatever else. And I'm not going to lie to you, there was a moment last night where, you know, I felt like, you know, is this going to end up being another more ammunition for the folks who kind of say, I mean, that that he can't do it against Alabama because remember, he. Thrashed Michigan last week, and there were a bunch of people who didn't want to give him credit for. It. And I'm not going to get this into the to the quarterback debate or like I'm, I'm honestly not going to turn this into a you know battle amongst Georgia fans. I'm just saying this to make a point. There were a lot of people who couldn't even give him credit for the Michigan game, the 13 and one, 12 and one, 13, 12. yeah, 12 and one Big Ten champion. He goes out there and lights them on fire. There were some folks who were hesitant to even give him credit for that because, well, he's not going to do it against Alabama. Well, now that he has done it against Alabama, I really do think not only will folks give him the proper credit he deserves for how he played against Michigan, but other times during the season there as well. This really was a good year for Georgia offensively. Stetson Bennett was really responsible for a great portion of that. He had a good season. It was not always perfect, and there's a certain kind of helter skelter nature to the way that he plays, which is kind of fun to watch, but also kind of you know you know uh, it sometimes maybe stress inducing for Georgia fans. But now that the way that the season ends, I think the entire thing will actually be reconsidered now. And I think it justifiably should because Bennett had a really good year.
1: 29 touchdown passes, seven interceptions, over 300 yards rushing. And, yes, he had the fumble last night. How that was ruled a fumble in Bryce Young's play at the beginning of the game wasn't, I'm not quite sure. You'd like more consistency there from the right officials. But in that fourth quarter, he was absolutely nails for Georgia, did – everything that they needed him to do in the two college football playoff games Stetson Bennett five touchdown passes zero interceptions uh yes he did have the fumble but you know I don't think it can be overstated that when Georgia needed him to play his best football of the season it's what he came out and did let him on two touchdown drives uh third and one makes the quick pass to Brock Bowers and lets his athletes go to work there and walk in for a touchdown but you know Stetson Didn't lose the game there, and that's something he said often last night. He said he was not going to lose this game for Georgia. You know, wasn't a great first half, but it was also 9-6, and, you know, still obviously within striking distance for Georgia there. And then late in the game, late in the season, when Stetson needed to be at his best, I think he was.
0: All right, so Lesko brings up a really – you know, important point in the comment section. I want to get to that. Let me just remind you, though, it's our uh, Around the Dog House presented by George Zone Credit Union. Visa Signature Platinum Cards. Uh, there are a lot of folks who, you know, they're going around Indianapolis having these big meals and having a great time. Uh, it's always good to use a Visa Signature Platinum Card from Georgia Zone Credit Union for stuff like that. Because when you're making these transactions, when you're buying this stuff and traveling around, you get big time incentives. Of that it can be used cash back, all, you know, your own travel rewards, all kinds of stuff there as well. Uh, plus, you can make contactless payments, which is obviously convenient in this day and age when we have everything, you know, kind of going on that we do. Uh, you can get $150 just for signing up. Uh, so go to uh, georgesown.org to find out more about that. Georgesown.org as uh, George's own credit union presents around the doghouse. To you. Let me also mention this again, as I told you before the uh, really cool field editions and the street editions these If you didn't get one from me last night, a bunch of you did. But if you didn't, remember, these are on sale. Let me give you that website to go to um, to find out more about that. I know I'm juggling like 87 different things right now. But uh, does somebody remember the website? Hold on one second. Um, The website that you want to go to for this is AJC.com slash Dogs News. Obviously, Dogs, D-A-W-G-S. A-G-C. We'll edit all this out ajc.com slash dogsnews, ajc.com slash dogsnews. You can find out about the how you can order a field edition or street edition, or if you're in the Atlanta area, go to that web, same website, find out how you can get to the Norcross plant. You can actually drive over and pick one of those up. The honest truth is if you're close enough to do that, just drive over there, get your hands on it, get it framed put that thing in your office, uh, I, I promise you this, my field editions are going uh, to be framed and all over my house here very soon. So can we just do some football stuff here for a minute? Because there is you know, some stuff going on. So Lesko mentions Cortez Hankton. It is my belief that he's likely going to LSU. I, I, I don't think that's a rumor. I think that Cortez Hankton's probably leaving for LSU. Um, so George is going to have two assistant coaches that it needs to hire uh, you know obviously the the situation with Glenn Schumann and, and, and Will Muschamp presumably as co-defensive coordinators but there's still an opening on the defensive side of the ball um, because your outside linebackers coach is now gone um, and I, I certainly get the impression that Cortez Hankton is leaving for LSU which now opens up a wide receiver position one of the things that Kirby Smart also touched on today was that some players that were going in the transfer portal Kirby said, listen, they wanted to be team first guys and they just kind of basically swallowed that for right now. And, you know, we're here on this team and, and 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 working towards the goal of winning a national championship, not wanting to make themselves a distraction. But now that the season is over, I mean there's an average of eleven players per team. There are 130 teams in division FBS, you know, college football. Uh, there's an average of 11 players per team currently in the transfer portal. So Georgia's about to have some transfers announced out of this program. george has got some coaching hires coming up. Stetson Bennett totally sidestepped about whether or not he's coming back to UGA. There's obviously, you know, the quarterback is sort of the transfer position more so than anything else. Uh, it stands to reason that not every quarterback that is potentially here at Georgia is coming back next season because that's like... A, and an elite eleven sports, the quarterbacks like, like at a certain point time, it's like a quarterback camp. Uh, if you've got that many guys, so if somebody's probably going. The point here is, um, I, I do expect Hankton to leave. That's two coaching hires you're likely making, and I do expect you know you could see a good number of players entering the transfer portal. It's not the kind of thing I, I told you not to panic before Georgia won the national championship. I'm not going to panic about it after the national championship. Here's the thing: I truly believe is that whatever is coming down the pike here. Um, there's no reason to believe right now anyway it won't be a net positive for Georgia and that's just kind of out there that we are about to have once the, the hangover from the the tro- from the from from parade subsides, there is going to be a lot of news. This is going to be a very very busy offseason. There are going to be players leaving and coming, coaches certainly coming, maybe uh, who knows what else in terms of leaving, but there is a lot of news that's on its way.
1: Yeah, it's the tax of success and yeah, this is standard operating procedure for for Georgia football you've you're a successful program you've gotten to the top of the mountain people are going to try to hire you away and Dan Lanning is already off to Oregon as you said I I think Cortez Hankton is on his way to LSU you know you think Scott 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 Cochran probably takes one of those slots in terms of an on-field coach and, and they'll figure out from there how they go about filling that other spot uh for anyone worried about the transfer portal, and we we're the the fellow scribes, coastal elites, as, as BA would call us, we were talking about this out in the hallway. Georgia last year lost Tyreek Stevenson, Major Burns, Jermaine Johnson to the transfer portal. Those are all guys that they wanted on this team and, and saw them playing roles in this team. Jermaine Johnson was the best defensive player in the ACC this year, and Georgia still won a national title. Uh, yeah, you're going to have... Probably, you know, as many guys as you have drafted in the NFL draft, you're gonna have that many guys go and transfer and, and some of those guys are gonna be decent names and names that this Georgia staff probably doesn't want to lose, but this Georgia program is going to be okay. You know, they, I don't expect it taking an LSU size step back from winning a national title. It could look a lot like Alabama's season this year where it's a really young team and, you know, they're having to struggle and, and find their way to wins, but by the end of the year they sort of know who they are, they trust their identity, and I think you could see something similar there, you know, because as much talent as Georgia stands to lose from this team, they're still going to be favored in every game during the regular season next year. And so regardless of who the quarterback is, who the weapons are, what this defense looks like, Jalen Carter's still coming back and I wrote about him this morning. That dude's a monster. Keely Ringo's coming back and only figures to get better. Uh, you've got some intriguing you know, Brock Bowers, your best offensive player, is coming back. You saw Broderick Jones come in and play huge snaps there at left tackle in the national championship game. Cedric Von Prahn is only a sophomore. There's still a lot of talent on this team, even with all the Georgia figures to lose in the next couple of days.
0: Brian Odom in our Facebook comment section a moment ago saying that Stetson the most underappreciated uh, Georgia quarterback of all time. It's really funny. You know, Stetson was asked in the press conference this morning, and there was a, uh, a, a meeting with the media for Kirby and Stetson and Louis Seen, the two players of the game, and then Kirby himself. And uh, Stetson was asked about Aaron Murray saying if Georgia won the national championship that uh, Stetson would be the greatest quarterback in UGA history. And, you know, Stetson, you know, certainly did not not acknowledge himself as that but being a big georgia fan he had an opinion ready about who how he would rank quarterbacks and it was one of those things when he stopped himself and ultimately didn't want to say what he really, you know, kind of thought of the Georgia quarterback rankings. But as a guy who, like you said, he cried in 2012 when Georgia lost. Uh, he watched all those Larry Munson, you know, YouTube clips over the years. Uh, this is a guy that if he's standing here right now, the same way we do in the offseason of who do you rank as the greatest quarterbacks of all time, it's fairly obvious that Stetson's got a strong opinion, not about only where he ranks on that, but the other quarterbacks there as well. This is a guy who's followed the program close enough that. That I think he clearly has some pretty strong takes about who is who and where who ranks where when it comes to Georgia quarterbacks, which I thought was really fascinating.
1: Take Stetson Bennett over Jake Fromm, no doubt about it in my opinion. There's my take.
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, uh, I mean, he is in the history books forever here when it comes to Georgia football. Obviously, this is the time of the round of the show when we typically cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. So I'll tell you to check them out. Uh, cruise and Vacation Authority. I cannot wait to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise. I, I listen. I, I'm so tired right now, uh, and, you know, I'm a happy tired. Uh, it has, you know, at the beginning of December, it maybe it wasn't quite such a happy tired. It was just a tired tired, but either way, uh, how much fun is it going to be to be sailing on a Royal rural Caribbean cruise here later on this year? And we all get a chance to do that, so Cruise and Vacation Authority, check them out. Uh, perfect day, Coco Cay, that's what I'm probably looking the most forward to. that private island for uh, Royal Caribbean but there's so many things to be excited about when it comes to Royal Caribbean cruise ships. So check that out with our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority. You see the uh, some contact information for them there on your screen. So uh, check them out and enjoy that as they allow us to cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean here today. And if you're talking SEC on this show, the uh, only thing to talk about right now is the Georgia Bulldogs when it comes to winning that national championship, as they did last night. We'll take a few more of your comments here, and then i got to check out of my room. Um, yeah.
1: of we got a, we got an eight-hour drive back to uh, Atlanta today. It's going to be a long day. Yeah. but you feel a lot better with the wind in your back. Yeah,
0: I'm just going to go ahead and warn you. As tired as I am today, I think I'll be even more tired tomorrow. Like, I don't quite know when everything's going to kind of get back to normal around here for Dog Nation. We may be in kind of a uh, uh, um, – by Dog Nation, I mean Dog Nation daily. And then-
1: We're going to shift into parade mode super quick. Uh, It'll probably be sometime by the end of next week. We're like, all right, we're back and rested.
0: We may have a bad case of senioritis around here for a little while, if you know what I'm saying. All right, uh, on uh, YouTube, a few more of your comments there as well. Um, uh, Mike D, by the way, wants to go back and claim some other national championships from uh, back in the day. I'm all about you on that. I like that. Um, Let's see what else. By the way, Frank Patterson's right. Eric, you're making a list of uh, Georgia quarterbacks, the all-time greats. Eric Zier definitely on that list. I'm guessing that Stetsman is quite aware of that himself. And listen, I, I ran into Eric a couple times here this weekend. You're talking about somebody that was ready to see Georgia win a national championship. That's another one of these guys. You know, Marietta Bourne. Folks don't realize how well Eric's numbers hold up after all these years. You know, I mean, th- th- there's been an offensive explosion in college football the last couple of decades. Eric numbers are still eye popping. Uh, you know, he's obviously the color analyst for the games on the radio, and uh, he loves the dogs. And you know, we're lucky here as, as Georgia fans. There's a whole bunch of uh, great former Georgia players that just live and die with this program. Eric's certainly one of those. I had a chance to talk to him a couple times here this weekend. He was. I, I saw him on uh, whatever. I'm not even sure what day this is. But uh, the night before the game, I saw him, and he was ready to go for the game. So excited about it. Saw him right before the game yesterday. And like everybody else, just on pins and needles with nervous energy. So um, just know this, y'all. If you love Georgia football, those that you've cheered for over the years were cheering just as hard last night as you were. I think that's really cool. Uh, We had, what, Nick Chubb on the sideline. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I think, was on the sideline. I think Richard LeCount was on the sideline. I mean, (laughs) Well, that's a lot of institutional memory. You know what I'm saying? Like that, there's a lot of good vibes in the sideline when you got good guys like that. And I can only imagine, you know, how much coaching they were doing and screaming and you know, just like, you know, they had four years of getting screamed at or three years of getting screamed at. And now they're out there just screaming at these guys and you know, getting them lined up and getting in the right place. But you know, a night like that, you just you need know, all the help you can get.
1: You know what the loudest Lucas Oil Stadium got last night was? What do you think? When Rodrigo Blankenship was shown on the jumbotron, and let me tell you, for those that weren't there to see it in person, he was stressing like everyone else was. I think it was late; it was around the fourth quarter. The game was getting tight. He had the look on his face of a, a true Georgia fan. That had seen this movie a thousand times, like oh, just get through this roller coaster ride, and, and they did. And you know, Kirby has talked about you know what it meant seeing those guys last night for DeAndre Swift, for Nick Chubb, who who you know I, I think back at second and twenty six, you, you think of the thousand yard stares he and Sony had sitting on the field while the confetti is just dumped on them. Uh, you know, those guys probably feel really proud that they were really able to help build Georgia up. You know, specifically that twenty seventeen team because I don't believe they get to this spot without that 2017 run
0: i told you we want to try to give you all the names today that we can brian mcphail mentions obviously james cook who's been so big for georgia's huge in the orange bowl and look i don't know what the single biggest play from the game was i mean you know clearly the Keeley touchdown and the ad mitchell touchdown are huge but at the time that it happens the james cook long run that sets up georgia's first touchdown was really big there too. I mean, Georgia needed an explosive play, and he gave it to him in a big way. You know, you know, Cook's a good player, man. You know, it seems like you know this program took a couple of years to kind of figure out how do you want to use him. You know, you know, what do you want to be? I, I, admittedly, at times I kind of talk about you know. It's like he's almost could be a wide receiver. He almost could be a running back. But it's like he's almost not enough. You know, at the early stage of his career, you kind of wondered, is he, is he too much of a tweener to really have the ultimate impact? But he became a, uh, a, you know, a true running back. But also, I mean, he's really like at this stage of his career, he, he's actually truly both. Like, you can line him up wide, and he's a very dangerous receiver type weapon. And he can be the kind of guy that gets tough, hard yards and, you know, turns it into kind of a highlight real play. James Cook grew mature matured as a player, it's not easy to have a famous last name like that. Um obviously everybody knows who Dalvin Cook is that follows football closely and uh James Cook certainly honored that Cook name in a big way with what he did in Georgia uniform and obviously I know he plays in uh, memory of his father who passed uh, a little more than a year ago. Uh can't say enough about James Cook.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And, and you know, I wrote a story about it this morning He's one of those guys that he could have been a Sunday player this year. He could have played a game at Lucas Oil Stadium at some point playing for the Houston Texans. But he, like so many other guys on this team, Jamari Sawyer, Jordan Davis, Zamir White as well, elected to come back. And that's sort of what it takes to win a national title. You need those junior guys who could go be NFL players, NFL prospects, and start making that money, be those fringe you know, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th round draft picks. You need those guys to come back. James Cook is going to be no – I don't know where he's going to get drafted. He's probably going to be a second or third-round pick. He's going to make plays. He's probably going to be on your fantasy team next year. Uh, Jamari Sawyer is going to be starting for somebody week one next year on the offensive line, whether that's a tackle or guard, I don't know yet. Someone's going to use a first-round pick on Jordan Davis, as stunning as that would have sounded four years ago when, when you know people were incredulous that this guy was playing so much as a freshman. Uh, it, it speaks to the talent. The, de- the job Georgia has done developing these players, and last night was a perfect culmination of that.
0: And listen, I know some of y'all gave me all kinds of grief back in the spring and summer last year when I obsessed for weeks over – you know, Georgia needs more front end NFL draft talent. You know, that's the thing that was holding it back from being what LSU had been, what Alabama frequently was. You just weren't putting guys in the front end of the NFL draft well enough, and we hammered it home over and over, day after day after day. That's how true I thought it was. Well guess what? Uh, when Roger Goodell gets up there, uh, from Las Vegas in April, there gonna be a lot of dogs' names called. First three rounds of this draft are gonna be there be a Ten, twelve you know guys going in the first three rounds that 's what a national championship does. Uh, the cool thing about football is is there is a very close connection between uh, individual success and team success for whatever reason um you know players coming to a place like Georgia trying to make themselves the best they can be to make money has the byproduct of also benefiting the team there as well. There's a very close tie between pushing yourself for individual success and what that creates for the team and Georgia experienced national championship because of guys who want to be NFL players. They want to go get the real money. There's always going to be more money to be made on the NFL side than there is on the NIL side. I just believe that to be true. and so these guys that have worked themselves to to become NFL ready players, Georgia certainly benefited because of the of the effort they put in.
1: Yeah, and the pipeline is up and running. You know, Nicobe Dean's going to be a first round pick. Trayvon Walker, if he likes to come out, is probably going to be a first round pick. Jordan Davis, I already mentioned. Uh, you're going to start getting to a spot where you're going to have multiple first rounders every year now. You think of a guy like, say, a Jalen Carter, Brock Bowers, when it eventually comes time for him. Georgia's in his spot now. You know, the hard part's done. They've won their first one. Right. Uh, you know, obviously, a title defense, I'm going to write about this at some point in the, in the, in the coming week. You know, I, I I value and we talked about this last night leaving the stadium. You know, what does next year look like and whatnot? You know, title defenses matter. You know, yeah. you you don't want to be 2020 LSU where it's just you know looks like you don't care and then a year later Ed Ogeron's gone. Right. The title defense is going to matter to this team next year, and you know I don't know if they win it or not or, or where they rank to start next season, but this is going to be a program that is you know they're not Alabama yet. They're on Clemson's level. They're yeah. on Ohio State's level. They're ahead of Oklahoma. You know, we we wrote and talked all offseason about, you know, where does Kirby Smart rank among the coaches right now? I mean, if you want to put Dabo ahead of him, that's okay. I, I get it. He's got two titles. Kirby only has one, even though Kirby has the head-to-head win there. I better not see Ryan Day ahead of him. Nope. I better not see Brian Kelly and his nope. family ahead of him. I, I better not see Lincoln Riley, who, who didn't want to come play in the SEC, ahead no. of him. No, you're right. Kirby Smart, and I, I wrote it at the time, I, I think Kirby Smart, his biggest sin was that he wasn't beating Alabama, which you could say for you know every other program, but really Clemson and, and Gus Monson to Auburn, of all people, in recent years. It's over. It's done. It's a new era for Georgia football, and it's one that I think is going to continue to be very good to Georgia fans in the years to come.
0: I think that's right, and well said by Connor. And by the way, normally when we have Connor on the show, we do our Kroger Fresh Tag. You think the the Kroger doesn't love the Georgia Bulldogs. This is the back of the field edition. How about this? Dogs are number one. Uh, great ad by Kroger. That's how much they love UGA. We've been so thankful to have Kroger a part of everything we've been doing here at Dog Nation for a long time. And uh, yeah, there's so many folks at Kroger, Lori, and uh, all the people up there. I, I, listen, I have, I have shed more tears with her, you know, after some of these Georgia games uh, over the years, and I know they're all so uh, happy. So I'm happy with the folks at Kroger, because there's a lot of people right now truly celebrating this national championship. A um, a couple more minutes to go. we got to get off the air after that, so we're just going to kind of roll here through here for a couple more minutes. Mike D. mentions the block field goal, how big of a deal that was. That's 88. They got that, right? Jalen Carter got Yeah, so that's another name we haven't really mentioned as of yet. Carter played a huge game for Georgia last night. He is a terrific football player. He's the kind of player that only national championship level programs get you know to me the, the big defensive tackle is a little bit like that frontline starting pitcher in baseball where there's only a few of them everybody's chasing after them and you know Georgia has just hoarded more than their fair share the fact that Jalen Carter is among the defensive linemen that Georgia uses and not the guy that's already on the cover of the media guide just sort of speaks to the just the level of depth that's in, in his program and you know Jalen may own the world next year
1: he, one, he's going to be the best player in Georgia's team next year. Two, and I wrote this, it was my story this morning, I think he perfectly encapsulates what this Georgia football team is. He was on, at 6'3", 310 pounds, he was on kickoff return last night. And Kirby Smart took him off because he wanted him to be fresh and have better pass rushing ability. And Kirby Smart said, he thought Jalen Carter was going to fight him. He was furious that he was taking snaps away from him there. And... Carter, you know, blocks the field goal and then comes in on offense at fullback and helps clear the way for Zamir White on his first touchdown there. I think the versatility that he has, the sacrifices that he made, because he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to Florida and, you know, played a bunch of snaps and gone 6-6 six and six or whatever, they 6-7 and seven, they went this season. But he came to Georgia, has already shown he's going to be a dominant player in the SEC and can be, and well next year, no doubt about it, be that guy in the face of the media cover, be that guy who is going to be a name not just every SEC fan knows, every fan in the country knows. And, you know, I I think it also is a sign of, you know, a a bright future for Georgia in that this is a guy who still only a sophomore has his best football ahead of him and – He's going to be a guy everyone in the country is talking about next year.
0: Uh, You're right. Drew Smith asking about Stetson coming back. Stetson was asked that twice here this morning. I don't believe he was asked that last night. Maybe he was. uh, But asked that twice uh, this morning in the press conference, the final words that Georgia speaks before leaving from Indianapolis to go back home. What did you make of the way that Stetson handled that? I I got the impression that Stetson knows what he's going to do, doesn't want to talk about that right now. Maybe that's an announcement that they're going to make the parade or something like that, which would lead you to believe that if you're doing that at the parade, that's the kind of thing you say you're coming back for. Um, What did you make of the way that played out Today, maybe you have a different sense of that than I do. Uh, my ultimate takeaway was Stetson knows what he's doing, just doesn't want to say yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's one of those things where the question obviously has to be asked, but you're not really expecting an answer, and that's sort of the way it played out there. But
0: it was still kind of an interesting non-answer, I guess. Yeah. What I'm, like I, You're right, I totally expected a non-answer. But the non-answer was actually still somewhat interesting to me.
1: Stetson, Stetson Bennett is incredibly honest and forthcoming in his press conferences, and we really appreciate that. And I think in that moment there was part of him that did want to say and just get it over with and get it over and out there. But I think there's a time and a place for that, and he knows it. And, and whatever his decision may be, he's earned the right to make it. If he wants to come back and play another year, he's absolutely earned that. He won a national championship for Georgia as their starting quarterback and was, you know, with the exception of one questionable officiating decision flawless for georgia uh in the college football playoff if, if he wants to ride off from the sunset knowing that it doesn't get any better than last night and it won't uh even if georgia wins it again next year there, there will not be another night like tonight for for quite some time in my opinion with this program i'd understand that as well and so he has earned the right to make this decision and i've said this before i mean it in all sincerity, I'm very happy for Stetson Bennett yeah. for all the flack that he has taken. If he were Steve Bennett, if he were two inches taller, uh, you know, we talk about him very differently. But all the criticism that he has gone through, everything that he has faced, the adversity, the things that he has had to overcome in his life, just to even get on the field and then to get into the position that he has put himself in, it is an unbelievable success story, and Stetson absolutely deserves it. No, I think
0: it's exactly right. Prince D in our uh, YouTube comment section mentioning the Georgia Specialists. Padlesny and Kamara have really given Georgia a lot. Um, You know, uh, uh, Padlesny had a a couple moments this year where maybe missed a couple of kicks that you expected to make, and you started wondering, "Oh, is Georgia going to have a kicking problem?" The truth is, he totally settled himself down. Statistically speaking, goes on to have a very good year, and really was very dependable for Georgia down the stretch, including some big kicks last night. You can't say enough about Jake Kamara. I mean, he's just such a weapon in the punting game. You know, kickoffs there as well, but such a weapon in the punting game. Got to know his family a little bit. We kind of jokingly we will talk about how when we would run into each other before the games, that was usually a pretty good game for Georgia at Arkansas or, at, you know, in Charlotte for Clemson. So I uh, kind of got to know that family just a little bit and so happy for them. And um, just, you know, if you're trying to give credit to everyone where it's due – Kamarta and Podlesny, you got a big performance from both your specialists last night. And, you know, Kirby Smart harps on special teams, and that's obviously a very big part of that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I thought Jake Kamarta was huge early on in that game with his punts flipping the field and the way that he was. Uh, you know, for him, you think of where he was, you know, 2018, that Notre Dame game, struggled with struggled with punting, or 2019. The years all blend together at this point. But, you know, you didn't feel confident in him. And at the end, he's booming kicks and flipping the field. And that makes a difference. You know, you think of the hidden yardage. And then Jack Podlesny, similarly a walk-on who nobody had even heard of and the The press box announcer last night had a field day trying to pronounce his name. Uh, made two field goals, no doubt about it. Was perfect when called upon. You know he's got a decision to make regarding his future. He's graduated. He could potentially decide to pursue an NFL career. I think he's a good enough kicker to do so. I think he made 22 of 27 field goal attempts this year, better than I think you know it sort of felt like you know with some of the misses that he had. But special teams, that hidden yardage, made a difference in this season for Georgia.
0: Uh BetUS, check them out online, BetUS.com, promo code DN125. Some of you wish you had a ticket down on Georgia to have won the national championship. It would be fun to cash in one right now. A lot of folks going to BetUS, and they're getting that money because they did have that. So you can't get this one, but you can't get the next one. BetUS.com, promo code DN125, get a 125% sign-up bonus. And now that the college ball season's over, over, I mean, it's a lot harder for me to, just to be completely frank, get into the NFL playoffs because I give so much of my life over to college football. A little action on the game sometimes makes that a little easier to do. So as we head towards the postseason in pro football, Bet US a good resource for you. Just make the games more fun. Just get a little bit of money. It doesn't take much, just a little bit of money to make just to get more fun to watch. BetUS.com, promo code DN125. When you do, you're going to get 125% sign-up bonus to put more money in your account than you do to uh, start things off. So uh, make sure you do all of that. All right, got to get ready to go here in a minute because i got to check out of my room and all, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Aaron Dixon says we out them. And here's the thing. You know, like, I, I'm honestly trying my best, I like like not turn this into you know a, a, a trash-talking session, a session or something like that. Nick Saban knows it. Nick Saban knows that, you know, what what he used to have, Kirby has now. And they did. They, they pushed him around last night. They out-physicaled them. You know, Nick Saban uh, built the Alabama program into an offensive juggernaut. I, I can't fully understand this, can't fully explain this, but both at Alabama and Ohio State, two programs that were once renowned for their physicality, as they've gotten better on offense, they've just gotten softer. They're soft on defense. They don't run the football, you know, quite as well as, as, as they once did. Kirby Smart won the way that Nick Saban used to win. And when Saban's head hit that pillow last night and, you know, when he got up this morning and had his Metamucil or whatever it is that he does, um, you know, he, he, he just knows that, uh, that Kirby took what used to exist in Tuscaloosa and brought it over to Athens.
1: Yeah, I think in the first half, Alabama's defensive line was doing some things. Uh, and then Georgia makes the change, inserts Broderick Jones, moves to Sawyer, and that really seemed to solidify things, especially in terms of running the ball. Just even because Georgia started calling more running plays after that point, you know there was there was a time there where I was sending some texts to some friends saying, "Yeah, hey, you know, I'm not sure what Todd Munkin is doing right now." Uh, I don't want to say run the damn ball, but you know you would have liked to see that a little bit more at certain points last night. But late in that game, they made the plays, and it was the running game that opened up a lot of things. Samir White constantly churning out yards. We mentioned. Uh, James Cook flipping the field with his 67-yard run. Um, it's sort of, you know, an inefficiency at this point for Georgia when they zag and they want to base their program on being the more physical team and being able to establish themselves over the four quarters. What you think of the pyrotechnics? to say Alabama, Ohio State. They want to throw the ball a whole lot, and it made a difference uh, when it absolutely needed to for Georgia last night against Alabama. And Alabama's not going anywhere. They're still going to be a really good team. But Nick Saban also said. Georgia kicked Alabama's butt. Only he didn't say butt. He, yeah, he said a much he more try. profane word that I'm not I already said damn on here. I can't say another curse word. So only one per show. So you know Alabama's still going to be here. Georgia though is going to be right there meddling in their plans, trying to take a few more national titles off them and be, you know, it's not a of possibility now now that you have proof of concept and there are some also some areas where Georgia can even improve and get better. You think secondary depth, you know, You could see more from this offense going forward. You saw the points this year that you really needed to. You know, it's not out of the question that Georgia in two, three years could be the premier program in college football. That's right. All
0: right. Final comments here. We're going to make kind of a makeshift version of our R.S. Andrews cool down. I know Darby's having a good time with all this last night. Uh, R.S. Andrews uh, online, rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised, the price that's promised. Uh, a couple more of these comments. Lucy Bowers-Boykin, so she did do it. She toasted with the 41 year old uh, Coke from the 1980 Coke bottle. It's so cool, Lucy. I am uh, glad that you uh did that? I know a lot of Georgia fans are enjoying that same kind of thing right now. Somebody also mentioned, yeah. Richard Pollard says that Keyshawn Johnson was talking about the Alabama injuries. Yeah. Here's the thing. Colt
1: McCoy, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy, Call McCoy. Yeah.
0: And for the p- folks who were, you know, maybe a little younger, or maybe they're just kind of hungover this morning, remind folks about that 2009 season.
1: Yeah. So 2009 was Alabama's first national championship game under uh, under Nick Saban. Great team, you know beat the breaks off of Florida in the yeah, SEC. Our team.
0: good friend Mike Johnson played on that team. Uh, we got a lot of respect for that team. A
1: lot of respect for that team. And I w- was a massive Colt McCoy fan. You know, one of the best players in the country that year. A potential Heisman Trophy candidate, was a Heisman Trophy finalist. Opening drive of that game, gets a shoulder stinger, can't go back in the game and can't play. He was one of the best players in college football that year and you can say Alabama would have won regardless. We'll never know the answer to that, but don't let one injury or, or two injuries dictate what played out on the field last night. And
0: here's the other thing, too. It's like, I'm not saying Keyshawn's going to do this, but just generally speaking, they're going to move the goalpost on you. They told you, well, you had not won a national championship in 41 years. You can't win one. Now you won one. Can't win two. Now you're going to say you can't win two, or you only beat Alabama because of injuries or whatever else. They're going to move the goalpost on you. You honestly cannot worry about it. You, You really can't. There's not a part of me that... I won't spend six seconds thinking about what somebody outside of Dog Nation thinks about this national championship. This one's for us, right? This is not for, you know, ESPN guy who, you know, probably fell asleep in the third quarter and, you know, you know, you know didn't li- you know, live and die with the whole thing. This is not for them to kind of dictate all of that. But if you want to have the conversation with the Alabama injuries, here's the deal. You know, there's a reason you get to recruit you know, 85 you know, for, you know, know, full guys for your roster, and the idea that Alabama had to go export a guy like Jamison Williams off the Ohio State program just to even be in this position sort of speaks to the fact that Alabama's not quite what it once was. Some of that erosion happening because of what Kirby Smart's been building up at Georgia. College football is a zero-sum game. My success takes food off your table. As as Kirby's been hoarding all this talent, there's not quite as much of that to go around and tusk loose as there used to be. So some of the stuff about Alabama being hurt by injuries, go back three or four years ago, Alabama could have had a dozen injuries you had never even known because of the depth that that exists in the program but there's not as much elite talent to go around for Tuscaloosa anymore because a lot of folks have decided you know Athens Georgia looks like a better place to be
1: plus I thought Alabama fans told us that Scott Cochran caused all those injuries
0: <laughs> and, and by the way Nick Saban himself played into that same message board nonsense there as well that's very uh, well said for you all right we got to get ready to go give me a final thought please
1: incredible night not just for the Georgia program not just for Kirby Smart not just for the players but for the Georgia fan base, for everyone that went to Georgia, everyone from the state of Georgia, everyone that cheers for the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, a, a special moment. Uh, I, you know, I, I, Again, I have the confetti here from the field last night. Bottle it up. Bottle up whatever you, you felt last night, whoever you shared it with, and cherish that because that is a memory you're going to have for the rest of your life.
0: That is exactly right. I'm so glad I got to share this moment with Connor here today and glad I got to share with all of you there as well. We are coming home. We are packing up. We're coming home. Be back in Georgia tomorrow. Still probably a little over from all this, but, you know, we're going to keep having fun, and uh, we'll look forward to doing that then. Stay close to Dog Nation, getting ready for a parade in Athens. What a time to be around here for all this. We'll see you back in the friendly confines tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Our RS Andrews uh, cool down there as well. We will see you again tomorrow.